Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder, and welcome to episode 138. And in this episode, I featured Keith Calloway Sr. Now, you may remember episode 125 with Keith Calloway Jr., uh, the son. Now, I featured the father, Keith Calloway Sr., and both of them are amazing people that I've gotten to know over the last year and I was excited to have Senior on and just talk about the many different things they are doing at K&L Industries. The company continues to grow at a very fast pace, so we got into that a little bit. We talked about Keith's faith and how much his walk with God has impacted him personally and his business as well. We talked about communication and how important communication is. Obviously, it is the central thing that is necessary in every single business. So we dove into that. And also, we talked about K&L. And you might remember from my, my interview with Keith Calloway Jr., their impact on their employees. Well, I wanted to go deeper into that with Keith Sr., and kind of dive into him and his employees, the impact he's having as a father figure to all of them, uh, how much they've helped his business grow, and also how his employees kind of are a reflection on his business and how they over-deliver in each and every paving job that they do. Uh, we hit on a bunch of different topics, guys, so I'm looking forward to you listening to this one because you are going to love it, I promise. A ton of value, as always. With that being said, please like, share, comment. You know the routine. Uh, obviously, go on and five-star review this if you are getting value out of it. I really appreciate you all listening each and every week, and let's go into this episode. Welcome to The Real Build, the show that shows you exactly what you need to look for in construction and real estate. I am your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder, and each week I will teach you exactly what you need to look for, whether you are buying, building, or selling a house. I interview top people throughout real estate and construction, give you a better perspective prior to making one of the biggest investments of your life. I will also discuss my personal experiences as a luxury builder and real estate broker and answer your questions about the process. With that being said, welcome to The Real Build. Keith Calloway Sr., welcome to The Real Build. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Obviously, I had Junior on the show, and now I get the privilege to have Senior on. I'm excited about it because, uh, you know, I'm I, you. You kind of, you know, he did he did a real good job. So you got a lot of competition going into this one here. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's pretty good. We're we're different though, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. I'm excited to have you on. And what I always like to ask my guests getting started here is, who is Keith Calloway? Well, it's interesting. I just wrote that uh, in a bio that I'm writing for a chapter for a book. And who I am is I'm a, an unabashed follower of Christ. So I'm a, I'm a believer and I'm a husband, 39 years uh, plus, and I'm a father of seven. And I've picked up a few others along the way, you know, <laughs> people that call me dad, as you can imagine. And, and then of course, a grandfather, which is super fun. And I get to now build, build legacy. Like it was just something I've been hoping for my whole life is what, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Right. And how am I going to live after I'm not living? You know, how, how's that going to look? So it's a bigger picture now. I like it. Let's, well, let's go into that bigger picture. Cause I I've, I've known you for, I think, a little less than a year now. I met your son through uh, a group we're a part of called Arte, and obviously we're connected through Brian Hess with Top Contractor School, and uh, I met you at the event too, and and you're very powerful, and, and just, just meeting you and getting to know you too, and obviously having, I'm a Christian as well, um, and having that background and connecting with you in that, that aspect as well. Um, let's go into that a little bit. What do you see as your legacy as your, as your overall, 
um, having your kids and your grandkids now, you know, where are you going? What, where are you, what are you going to leave? I mean, that's a powerful question right there. And I know we're jumping right into this. So why not? Let's get started yes. with that. Absolutely. Well, I've been, uh, as you could imagine, thinking a lot about this lately as I'm, as I'm writing down some thoughts for, mm. for someone else. And so it <clears throat> just so happens I have some ready. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I started a journey more than 30 years ago. Now, I started the journey before 30 years ago, but I, I ended up about 30 years ago in a crisis. Mm-hmm. I had I was been married five and a half years. By then, for, uh, four children and really no signs of stopping. We thought we were going to have another, at least one more. We ended up with seven. And a, a business that I started two months after I was married. And I'm not really a good businessman. I don't really have the, the mind for it. You know, the, I'm good at building relationships. And so that was good back then. You could, you could build that loyalty, customer, customer base, so to speak. And that was good, but I wasn't, I didn't have a real good business mind regarding processes, systems, how to do things. I, I, I didn't handle that very well, but so I was on my heels uh, in every sport. You, you see a guy on his heels. That means he's in a bad position. And that's the way I term it in my life. I was on my heels and I was off balance and really ready to ready to fold backwards at any moment. This was, and I realized that when I was about 28 years old, that I was kind of in crisis. Now I loved everything that was going on. I felt like I was called to everything I was doing, including a lot of ministry at church and, and being involved, you know, because I had a lot of kids and whatever. And so I needed to find something bigger than myself, some kind of clarity, some kind of wisdom that would, that would feed me each day. And probably the best thing I ever did was uh, I heard a sermon from a guy at our church that talked about how to, how to construct a vow unto God. And it, it sounds real serious. And it did. It felt very serious to me. Uh, and when, what that would look like. Now, back in two, 3,000 years ago, a vow was unto death. A vow was super serious. And, and so I, I kind of took that on as a, a mantra of mine. And I said, okay. So I know that King Solomon was the wisest man in the world, right? The, the biblical figure, Solomon. His father was King David. I relate to King David in a lot of ways in my life and, and have run into his persona within myself in some ways. Uh, and then I realized that, well, that Jesus and the apostles and all these people, there was a lot of wisdom there, the great men of faith. And I realized that each of those things were talked about in the Bible. So, so for me, starting 28 years ago, a little over 28 years ago, I decided that every day for the rest of my life, I would open that book, the Bible, and I would do my best to get one thing out of it. Mm-hmm. And what that's done is now it's given me, it's given me some level of wisdom. Of course, that's not to say that I don't have a lot more to learn. Don't we all, right? I have a lot more to learn, but when I say, when I see the world's problems coming at us, at me or my family, there's usually something there. There's a grain of thought. There's a, there's a seed that can grow into something because I've been, I've been getting wisdom from a greater source for now, almost three decades. And again, I don't say that to brag. I was in crisis. I needed it. And and probably somewhere around, missed around about a hundred days or so in the last 30 years, where for whatever reason, I didn't have my Bible next to me. I fell asleep, whatever it was, about a hundred days, give or take. So for 30 years, every day, except for those hundred, I've taken what I've kind of referred to flippantly as my spiritual vitamin, like I had to have it because it made me healthy. And so, so that's kind of my key to, uh, to now I feel like perhaps I have now a legacy that I can pass on when my grandkids talk to me a year or 10 years from now about this crazy world they live in, or they're being bullied or whatever it is, I feel more equipped to handle those things 
from not just from my perspective, the world's perspective, but from the from God's perspective, the one that made us and that, whose opinion really matters. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, I I love it. I love it, and and I there's so much power, obviously, in that book too. I mean, we could go on and on about the Bible, and and you can literally turn to something, find something if you're down or if you need some kind of wisdom or some kind of advice, it is there. It's all there. Uh, 1 million percent. And and there's always a page that can kind of help you and guide you to going into that deeper. What about with business? How have you utilized the Bible with business? Uh, How have you, what, what have you turned to for your company with KNL uh, to help your company grow and, and get on the path you are obviously with, with God and so on kind of stemming into this and going into this. Cause I love, I mean, I love this topic to this. Uh, we're already hitting it, hitting it hard on this, on this show right here. So let's keep growing. I love it. Well, where that stems I guess you'd say if I had a, if I had a reason when I wake up and I'm still groggy and I, I sit up in my bed and I put my feet on the floor and I get ready to take my first step every day. The thing that gives me energy to take that step is that, is that I'm, I'm kind of this dad persona. Like it would not be unusual for, for me and you, Bill, to stand there. You're taller than me. And I'm looking, I would be looking up at you and I'd be giving you some advice, right? Mm. I, that would not be unusual for me, right? I, you know, I'm I'm a little older, you know, uh, got a little uh, little distance on me, right? <laughs> a few miles on the frame, and and so I have a lot to say. But more than that, I feel like that almost everything I can, I got I got something that is possibly important to say. Now, again, I don't I try not to talk too much because I can because I can say things that aren't relevant sometimes, but, uh, but in business, the thing that, that, that energizes me when I put my feet on the floor and I take my first steps every morning around four 30 in the morning and I go down and I start making my coffee. What I say to myself is I want to be the, the best man that I can be in front of these, in front of these other men and women. And and another layer to that that is super important to me is that God made, to be, made me to be a father. A father of seven is very unusual, okay, in, this, in today's world. 50 years ago, not as unusual, but today it's unusual. And so that means to some degree I was meant to, it was meant to be. And when God calls you to something like that, you better try to get good at it. And, and my wife and I would say that overall, we're pretty good at it. You know, we're pretty good at being a mom and a dad. And over half of our guys that are in our company don't have fathers. Some of them never have. And I'm not trying to replace their fathers, but most of them have kids and they need to know what a father looks like, what a good father looks like. That's what gives me energy. And as I grow up, you know, my, my boys have a father. And yet, if I can continue to grow and show them what a good father looks like, what a, what a sage, wise man looks like, then, then they can do it earlier. They can do it better. And so that's, that's one of the things that energizes me is that, is that father role. And as you can imagine, I've dug into what God, our heavenly father, looks like, both in scripture, both in the Bible. And then practically what that looks like. How does that work out in day-to-day, day-to-day life? And so in my company, I had a, I had a guy tell me about a year ago, he's, he's in his 50s. I'm, I'm just about 59, and he's in his 50s. And he calls me dad. And he came up to me about a year ago. I'd come on a job site, and it had been a, a long string of days when I wasn't able to be there. But I came on a job site, and he said, you know, I wanted to thank you for coming out today because when you show up, we feel safe. Mm. And I had no idea that that was something that was going on there. But 
I can really resonate with that. Like when I'm, when I'm being touched by the, the heavenly father, when I'm in line with the heavenly father, I am safe. Now I'm not replacing him, you know, like I said, but when I show up, when I'm out there with my guys and I'm eyes on the job, eyes on the people, they know they're good. They know that I'm keeping the, the difficult things away and giving them the possibility, the best possibilities to succeed. Uh, I love that. And that goes into my next thing too. Before we go into, because I know how powerful you, KNL is with their employees. And I talked to Junior about this too. And I want to go into that a little bit with you as well. But I want to discuss uh, how, how it all started, your background in construction, and uh, what was your reason getting into, you know, K or starting KNL and getting into the construction industry? So let's talk, mm-hmm. touch on that. And then we'll kind of go into, uh, I got a, so many topics to talk to you about. So, <laughs> Well, this one is going to sound uh, far less important. Why did I get into, why did I start KNL? Because I knew I could do better than minimum wage. I, I just, I quit my job two months after I got married and I just knew I could do better. Some of it was ego and yet I knew I could do better. And so I just started doing anything for a buck. I had one guy that said, yeah, your company name should be anything for a buck. He worked for me in the first year I was in business and, and I did a lot of different things back then. And I just did it because I knew I could do better. And then about three years later, well, the year I got married, my in-laws got into paving. And so I, I had a little side window look at what was going on there. And I noticed that the, the money they made per hour spent and, you know, these other things was pretty good. And I thought, you know, that looks like a good way to go for me. And, and I tried it, could just couldn't pull the capital together to buy a halfway decent truck. I couldn't buy a roller at, Anyway, I had to wait about three years. And finally, I started out, I started out paving in 1987, late in 87, with a, a little slide-in dump bed that went in the back of a pickup truck, and it could lift two tons, a borrowed roller and some borrowed hand tools. So that's what I started with in 1987. And the interesting thing about what happened in the years after that is I stayed in paving because the dollars per hour was better than I could make doing framing, sheetrock, uh, the other types of tiling, the other types of construction that I had done, roofing, had done roofing, any of those other things. I could make more per hour paving that I could do in those other things. And what I noticed early on is as my kids were growing up is that I needed those hours to be with my family. Mm-hmm. And so I had to prioritize how can I make enough to supply for my family and still be home every evening and not have to work 12, 14, 16 hour days, which a lot of back 30 some years ago, that's what business owners did almost every one of them. And, and so that's what really triggered me just to stay in this business and keep going. in it is, was the dollars per hour. Then when my kids got old enough to be in sports, then I could work six hour days if I needed to and be there to be able to coach, be able to be there for their games, their tournaments, their things that were happening in the midday, or early evenings. And so that, that's how it all worked. Not very spiritual for sure. Not, it was just, it was just what I thought I needed to do to be a good dad because I, it would have been easy to work really too much. Mm -hmm. And I, but I knew that with my kids, the numbers of kids that I had, I had to prioritize. I literally had to prioritize it above work and the dollars per hour is what is what stimulated that me to be in this business so you i mean you you remind me you remind me a lot of my dad too because my dad obviously growing up uh, blue collar family i I saw my dad work 
quite a bit. I, when I was a kid, I, you don't remember much, but I do remember my dad being there when it mattered. And that was the thing. It was always there for the sporting events and stuff like that. Um, those were the things I always remembered. I looked up in the stands, there he was. And, and it was important to me, but he also instilled in me that I needed to work by me seeing his hard work and, and how much he put into supporting our family and trying to be there and, and level himself up and grow his business too. I mean, he was doing the same as you back, back in the eighties, nineties. That's what you did. You worked all the time. I mean, you were running a company, you were out there, you were grinding and you uh, were building a business to help support your family and so on. And I saw that firsthand. And that's why I think me and Keith Jr. relate quite a bit too, because you know, talking with him and his background. And I asked him a lot about family and working with you and so on as well. But with your approach too, you know, your family also extends into your team as well in the K&L crew. And, and you even have crew members calling you dad and they get that feeling that you're there. You care for them because not everybody has a dad. Not everybody grows up with a dad like yourself or I was blessed to have a dad like I do too that kind of showed me the way. And that's what you're doing with a lot of these guys in there. I, and I read, I think I read something or I heard something on a video that you have that you said, our team is part of us when everyone is functioning, we are great. But when we lose one, we want them back because they were a part of it. They were a piece of the team that made the play work out. So just explain this a little bit. Cause I went into it with your son a little bit, but obviously having you here too, I want kind of your perspective on it. You, you started talking about how, you know, you're that father figure to them. Let's go into that a little bit. Well, when we lose somebody, it, it, uh, it does hurt, you know, they, uh, at the beginning of this, uh, this year, calendar year, we did our little kickoff meeting uh on the first monday of january and either that morning or the night before two there are two longest tenured guys said they're not coming back Mm. just out of the blue within within 12 hours and well that hurts you know it hurts a lot of things it hurts it hurts normal for sure because that was a normal scenario we were kind of used to it and everybody the entire team was used to it of course those guys were very experienced and, and they understood and they could teach. And, and we, we missed that. And yet we have to realize that, that we have to let them go. And our, you know, the next guy up is, is kind of one of the things that happened at that meeting with both of our guys quit, the announcement was made. Well, this is, this is what's happened. And guess what? We're going to, we're going to fill those roles with some of you guys. And the, the eyes got big and they looked around the room like, who's going to do that? And it didn't take two weeks. And we had guys stepping up, really doing a great job. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. Like we've given, in, in those cases, we gave almost two decades to those guys. And we included them in our lives, in our home. We, I paid for one of their weddings. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and to have it end like that, it really hurts. And I hope that someday, you know, I, we won't have them back as employees, but I hope that someday we can rekindle the relationship and, and, you know, be friends and, and that we can be, you know, back in a position where we're collaborating at least on life. But, but between now and then we have to let them run their, run their path. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it does hurt. And yet, but we need to give other guys a chance to step up, to be, to be that great team member. And, and there are a lot of them out here. They, there's people that, that uh, are ready to step up and we're, and we're now in a position where we've uh, with those guys gone, that we've had other guys step into those roles and we've even divided in some cases, those roles up a little bit to make it easier on, on everybody. And now we're even more efficient. So, so it is, it is overall, it's a good thing, but it, it is definitely painful. It's painful. Well, 
let's go i mean let's go deeper into your your employees and everything though too and 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 touch on that because obviously your employees are your family and you guys have such a great program where you you do keep it's rare you do lose employees when you do and and talking to junior about it and you have such a great program where you want to keep nurturing employees and teaching them and keeping them in the business and keeping them out of trouble as well is another huge part of your business too, which I was very impressed talking to your son about and, and how dedicated they are to you guys in, in delivering such a quality product. So let's go more into that and your family relationship with your employees and how you are that father figure. Well, a couple of the, it, it doesn't sound very mechanical, but for us, it becomes a little bit mechan- mechanical. A couple of the mechanical things that we do every year is we have them have them do some kind of goal setting. Mm-hmm. And I will usually sit down with each, each team member. And we have some new ones now. I was just looking at my list today thinking, well, I got six more to do, you know, uh, to sit down and do our 2022 goals with now the new people to find out what it is they want to achieve. And I, we always look at it deeper than just, just their work life. Cause often the work is tied to their personal or their personal is really why they're at work. Hmm. And so we, we need to dig into that a little bit with them. And so we do goal setting and it's, it's, we try to make it very measurable so that, and, and a check-in in the middle. So sometime mid-year, I'll check in with each of them about whatever it is they've set their goal on, whether it be, whether it be financial, something with the family, uh, maybe it's a vacation, you know, what, paying off a bill, these kinds of things. There's just some of the, some of the things that they choose because we wanted something measurable so that they can understand that they can achieve whatever they set their goal on, they can achieve. And I want them to learn that habit while they're here, while they're with, while they're with me. And then we uh, have a form, you've probably heard of it, called How You Want to Be Coached. And it basically allows them to inter- interact with the process of, of their employment. And that one is interesting to use because it's not really necessarily an interview. It's, it's kind of a one-off. They fill it out. And then I've decided how we'll use it this year is to make sure that they're, that first of all, I want to meet with them and tell them, I read your form, you've been heard, and I'm going to make sure your direct supervisors understand who you are and who you, what triggers you and what excites you to make sure that if there's something in your future that you're looking forward to, that that person can help me see it. So that's the next month or so I'll be working on that with each person to make sure that they've, they understand they've been seen and they've been heard. So those are two things. And then I've got a couple other things that, that uh, I'm planning, but haven't figured out some of the, some of the mechanisms for yet. So, <laughs> so I don't want to go too deep into them because I'm not sure I'm going to use it in the form that I might say right now. So, but I'm always, always looking for new stuff, new ways to engage with the people, new, in, new ways to engage with them, with drawing a picture in their life of what success looks like to them and then helping them get there whatever that is sometimes there's a little bit of finances involved um, but usually it's it's something that they can handle and we usually put it in the context of whatever you know whatever wage they're making like how do you get there and so anyway it's it's challenging but it's super fun and and i was reminded today as i was uh writing something that that the people next to you, if they know that you're working on work, if you're working on yourself, there's a higher level of trust. Mm-hmm. So the fact that each of the guys out there know that that guy over there did goal setting this year and he's got some bigger picture kind of lends itself to a little bit more trust mm. that he's not just here to, to make a living. He's not just here for the paycheck that he's, that he's kind of buying in. And that encourages each person to buy in deeper too. So, so that's some of the that's some of the really practical things. And then we do a we do some kind of yearly event. The last two years, it's been a retreat. 
uh, year year before last or in 2021, it was it was middle of COVID. So we did a retreat locally just with our team. And and then this year we did a retreat clear across the country with uh, we took 27 people on an airplane on an airplane oh, wow. to yeah to across the country went went to national pavement expo and did two days at a at a retreat center talking about communication and team building and and helping each other to get to know helping all the men to get to know each other better so that when they get back here and they're doing a job especially in difficult times we need them to know who it is they're working next to so those things get as you can imagine they get tons of traction they Mm -hmm. last year we struggled really big in the middle of the year because of a couple of very difficult projects and our culture suffered deeply because of these projects. And I took my eye off the ball of, you know, the, the health of the team. And because of that, we, we, uh, we suffered, we really did. And yet once I realized it and the team realized that we were struggling and we didn't need to, we literally had a couple of team meetings and it was, it was back on track. We were back where we belonged and it, it didn't take, it didn't take hardly any time at all because they know that we're, we're there for them. Like we invest in them and we're, this isn't a one-sided thing. So, it's, so it works. It's, it's definitely huge what you do and it, and it's, just the retreats and and doing these different team building activities and goal setting too and and it's made me realize how important it is i don't have that big of a team obviously being in the new construction side of things on residential you know we subcontract a lot out and so on but the team i do have putting some more focus in on those things that you're doing is huge and it overall what you're doing by connecting everybody and bringing them together you're connecting them you're making them know each other better and you're making them be able to kind of communicate better like they know each other like as friends and so on because when you know somebody you're going to communicate different with them rather than just meeting a guy off the street randomly so that's that's going to help them as far as their quality of work uh, getting the job done at a better pace. There's so many different things that's going to help with uh, and help overall do a better job and deliver a better product too, uh, which is huge in what you're doing and keeping them connected as well. So I, I compliment you on that and what you guys have done because uh, it's it's not easy, like you said. It, it really isn't. And, and you are being that kind of father figure too, that's overseeing everything and keeping these people kind of in line, but also delivering and over delivering on the product you do. And that's why you guys are one of the number one pavers in, in your general area too. And it's, it's, it's a phenomenal story too. And uh, commend you on it. Like I wanted to say, so for sure. But um, another thing that you said too, you spoke on integrity um, it, and how important it is. You, when people think of KNL, you want them to think of integrity. This is what we as a company encourage in our crew as well. So talk about that a little bit. Well, of course, integrity means, you know, truthful, honest, transparent. Uh, but really what it means in, in today's culture really buys really goes deeper i think it integrity means that we're real Hmm. uh one of the questions you sent over before we started i really appreciated was what what do you think uh the customer sees that would kind of stimulate them to hire us and i think if they'll look at our website if they'll look deeper at knl they'll see the same things you just saw that that we that we say things on social media and on our website, but then we really try to go back it up mm-hmm. uh, with the retreats and with the goal setting and with, but what's just as important to the customers is to see in our employees talk about the company, talk about us. And if we, on, on your podcast, you, you like to have it customer facing. And so what does the customer get out of this? Well, the customer can understand if they look for it, that KNL is a good choice because 
the people are the right choice. Mm. Like we choose, the, we choose the people, we choose to treat them well. We come to the job site and we're happy, you know, and, and they're satisfied with their, with the company they work for and the customer gets a better product because that being one of the reasons that they get a better product. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, it goes back to like you just said, though, you people can go on your social media, they can see how you guys operate, they can see, you know, you got a ton of video and so on of, of just explaining things and your processes and how you go about things and so on, too. But you're actually walking the walk, you're delivering a product, you're delivering a superior product. And I look at it that with myself too, we're not just talking about it. Whenever I do video too, yes, I can, I can say, uh, you know, we're the best builder in town. We do a quality product. We keep job sites clean. We do all these different things, but if people go and I'm showing them a house and the job site isn't clean or something, uh, isn't being done that I am preaching on, then that's an issue. And that's, that's, you know, a lot of the kind of fluff you see out there too, is, is it reality? Is, are these people actually doing it? And that's why people buy from you. They're going to see your product online. They're going to see what you do. And then they're going to meet with you in person. If you're the same exact person or same exact company in person, more than likely they're going to be satisfied. They're going to be happy and they're going to keep on buying and referring you as well too. And I see that with you guys as well. So, um, Another thing that I wanted to get into too, which I, I heard you say this and I wanted to, wanted to ask you, is you said, I'd, I'd like to be known as the guy that can respond well, that, that can give people things that will make their life easier. Talk about this a little bit. Years ago, I had a, a kind of a crazy guy worked for me. His nickname to us was Mad Dog. <laughs> And he, his eyes looked two different directions and he kind of fit the whole persona. Right. And, Sounds like and he was, <laughs> yeah, kind of a, one of the crazy, crazy paven guys. And one day he said, you know what I love about this job? And I'm like, well, what bad dog, what do you love? And he said, I make people's dreams come true because we hear a lot when we're out there working for our customer. I wish I'd have done this 20 years ago. Oh, the wife will come out. Oh, this is going to clean my house up so much. And there's these, these lists of things that we hear over and over that is, it's kind of one, some of the hallmarks of why we go do what we do and try to make it beautiful is because if they see it for what it is, for how it makes their lives better, that matters. And then, and then our crew is pretty happy pretty cordial, very friendly. And if they can get, if the customer can get that as part of the experience too, well, how much more is that, has that enhanced the actual product? Hmm. As they say, not only was, is my house going to be cleaner or it's, you know, I wish I'd have done this 20 years ago, but now I have it. And those guys were great, you know? So, so we do want to make lives better. We want to, and as our company motto that isn't, isn't really uh, customer facing is transforming lives one shovel at a time. There's a piece of that, that our guys like to take to out to the customer. Like, can we just transform their lives just a little bit today by making sure that the job is amazing, number one, but making sure when we leave here, that their road is clean. You know, that we haven't left stuff all over the place, that their flower beds are put back the way they were, you know, because we have to walk in those babies, right? <laughs> While we're doing the work. So let's put those back the way they were. Let's let's clean up after ourselves and and make it better than when we came in every possible way. And our guys, they wear the shirts that say this on them, right? The transforming lives one shovel at a time. You know, we always talk about, well we're here to shovel crap out of each other's lives. And then the, the, you know, the, and, and the customer gets the benefit of that. Well, they get to get transformed a little bit themselves. Uh, making, I mean, that's, that's the thing, like you just said, there is, is at just doing at least one thing that is going to make somebody's life better, or just make them happier too, is so huge. And, 
and having that perspective in business. And, and obviously we want our overall experience to be the best experience ever, but if you focus just on making, you know, giving them something to make them happy day in and day out, or just doing that in general in life, it's just, it goes so far too. And in your business, if you focus even just what you said there too, and then your motto transforming lives, one shovel at a time. I mean, you have that attitude. Your guys have that attitude. They're going to, they want a clean job. They want things to be left the way they are. It, it's going to make a huge impact because people are going to see that and they're going to say, wow, these guys are quality. They are, they are what they say they are. They live by that brand and they do a better job. I mean, you're not so price driven. You're not so price focused because a lot of these things, and I've, I've talked about this a million times in the past, the cheapest guy always isn't the best guy, obviously. Uh, yeah. you know, you get what you pay for. And then too, usually the cheapest guy is going to leave the mess. Um, you know, and yeah. you're going to have a lot more mess after the fact as well, especially in the custom home world, but even in any construction business, any business in general, you know, deliver over delivering, having the higher quality product is going to make a huge impact. And it's going to, people are going to see that and you're left with a lot less aggravation on that. Yeah. So there's another, there's another motto we use a lot, which is what we call our unique. You know, we have the motto transforming lives one shovel at a time, which is kind of the grand thing that, that overarches our decision-making in our lives. But the thing that's, uh, that's internal that we make decisions on is quick and painless pavement solutions. And we're always, okay, how do we stay quick? How do we stay painless? Cause if we're quick, and we do a bad job, that's not painless. Hmm. If we're, if we're painless and everybody's happy, but we're not quick, then we're taking a lot of time. And that actually for some customers, isn't going to be painless. And so, you know, especially on commercial projects, uh, apartment complexes, these kinds of things, they really want us in and out fast mm-hmm. because their, their lives are ruined. <laughs> the longer yeah. we are there, the, the, the more their lives are ruined. And so we concentrate that on that. That's probably a weekly conversation somewhere within our production team. I know it's a weekly conversation is how do we stay quick and painless? And you have to have both. You can't have just one. So that, that's another customer. It's not customer focused. It's more internal. And mm-hmm. yet look at the benefit to the customer. Yeah. If we do a good job of that and make good decisions based on that unique thing that we have that others don't have, all the way from our marketing to our sales, if our sales guys are calling the customers within an hour or two when they when they reach out and then getting them their bid within a day or two, you know, basically whatever they've told them, and answer the phone and do what you say you're gonna do, and we stay quick and painless in all those small areas it adds up to being, well, we can call ourselves premier paving in the area. We can call ourselves that because we're, we're doing the things every day that keep us quick and, and painless. Well, let's go into your, some more benefits though, too, because I saw this and this is important to you. And I saw it on your website as well as you said, your, you benefits you offer your clients are accountability experience, local knowledge and value. Let's brush on those a little bit too. Uh, cause that obviously goes into what you were just talking about. Well, local knowledge is, uh, you know, one issue here is, is, can we work in the rain? You know, hmm. can we work, can we pave when it's, you know, when it's showery, when it's raining? And we're talking about that all the time with our customers, with our team, with, you know, with on social media. And of course there is rain and then there's Oregon rain, which is more of a drizzle. And of course (laughs) we can typically work in that. So that's, that's one way we want to be locally sensitive. You know, we know our way around. We've been here the entire time. I was born and raised in Oregon. I've worked in other States. So I understand mix mixed designs and different things in different states and how they work. Uh, and so is Keith Jr. to some degree. And, and so we kind of keep it relevant from the standpoint of we understand Oregon, or the Northwest, we understand Oregon and Washington. We understand what we're going to get 
and how to use it. And the fact that we started this company in 1984 and then started paving in 87, that of course lends itself to, to some confidence without saying very much. And then when the questions are all answered, uh, our sales team is all, uh, I think the youngest is 54 years old. Hmm. Yeah, you know, and so there's a lot of confidence. I'm not saying we wouldn't, we would love to have a young guy. And I think that we're close to hiring one. Uh, but these guys lend themselves a lot of confidence uh, that, yeah, we'll, we'll get you the right answer. Don't worry. So, and then, uh, of course, accountability, the main thing in accountability, and I know, Bill, you know about this, is if you answer your phone, if you just answer your phone mm. or, or return the phone call, in this world, that is almost enough. Mm. That by itself is, is accountability. And you can head not only head off problems, but you can be that, you could, that can be a differentiator. Because how many of your competitors in your area don't answer their phone? Well, probably quite a few. I don't know, but it's most of them don't, unless it's important to them for whatever reason. So that's another thing that we want, that we talk about all the time, that we are quick and painless. We answer our phone. Now at six o'clock at night, no, but at five, we will, you know, or at eight o'clock the next morning, we're back on the phone with that person that called during the evening. Uh, so communication is, is accountability, hmm. both directions. So. And the answer the phone thing, I a uh, million percent agree, obviously how important that is too, because you are right. There's not a lot of people willing to just answer and the importance of it to people. I mean, being on the general contractor side of things. And if I call a sub and need something and my subcontractor doesn't answer me, it drives me crazy, you know, <laughs> and, and I don't get the call back. So I can only imagine me with a client, uh, not answering their, their wants, their needs and get in addressing it too. So I've made that a priority within our business, whether it's me, uh, Liz or my sister or my brother or somebody needs to get in contact and just answer these questions and get them taken care of as soon as possible. Uh, I'm usually the guy that has to call because, uh, you know, I'm best with talking to people and also the sales end and so on too. But, but, um, and I deal with the customers throughout the whole entire process and it's just, but it's the communication is such a key part to our business. And, and that's, I was in a, a sales meeting today with a new client and I told him, I go, every single thing that crosses our desk is communicated to you. Every single thing. We will not approve anything. We will not let it go through without your approval, us sending it to you, you signing off on it. Then it goes back to us and then we'll send it in every single part of the process, the more we can have you there and involved, the better, because then things don't get missed, especially in a, in a high-end custom home. So if you're in town and you say, hey, I'm in town, would you guys wanna meet with me on Wednesday? I'd probably say, sure, I'd love to meet with you on Wednesday because it's been a couple months since we met and I think you need to see the progress and what is going on so we can discuss it in case we miss something. Obviously, we have those general meetings, too, that the main ones, you know, during uh, rough stages and so on. But even during that process of having those meetings when they're just in town randomly, even though you met them a month and a half ago and there might not have been a ton of progress, still something could be missed. Having them there and communicating is such a big element that we've put in that is so huge in our business. And and it goes a long way, especially with customers that are very detail oriented, which we have a lot of them. I'm sure you do too. <laughs> so, and it's very important. That's in communication is, is huge, huge. So let's talk about that a little bit more before we kind of wrap this up here. Uh, I, you and I can go on for hours, so I'll bring mm -hmm. you back on, <laughs> but, uh, um, let's talk about communication a little bit and what you guys are doing to communicate better with the client. We, what we've put in place in the last year, we were, we were having our sales team do most of the communication and a little under a year ago, we, we, uh, 
took someone that was working in our office and moved her over into the production side of things. And she is our scheduler and she is amazing. Like find the right person to put in the right seat. And, you know, you've heard that term before Mm -hmm. and, and let them do their magic Mm. now. And that's what it feels like to most of the customers is it feels like magic. Like when she calls and says, this house, this is how this is going to go. And, and she describes it to them and then they feel better. But, but before we do that, we've also put uh, videos in place that we email to them saying, yes, we, we got your work order. And this is, and we send a video saying, this is how this works. Hmm. And, and that helps a lot of people don't see it, unfortunately, (laughs) because it's a great video, right? We hope everybody will see it, but it, it's a, basically a voiceover, kind of a chart, kind of a flow chart looking thing that says, this is, this is how we do things at K&L. That's good. And, and so that helps a lot. And then when she calls, uh, you know, roughly five days to a week before we're there going to do the project, then then she is that that person point of compact contact and that's super important to the customers and usually she doesn't have to recall but almost every week there's changes of course you know all about schedule changes it oh, yeah. all <laughs> the time and very often those schedule changes they, and they're navigated by her because she's got the perfect voice for it perfect attitude for it and she puts them herself in their shoes he says, let me, let me tell you, you know, what happened or, or sometimes they'll call and want to schedule change. And so anyway, that's probably the most effective thing we put into place. And then when we get, when we get to the other end, we, when the invoice goes out, there's also a video that goes out with that, that says, this is how you care for your asphalt. Mm. And, and we, we hope that the person will, will watch that. And in this, in, in the video that goes out before that, it even it even puts her phone number, like it puts her name in it and everything. If they want to call, then they have her, they have her contact information. And then after that, do a video and there's the contact information for the finance department that says this is this is how you this is how you pay your bill and and this is who you want to need to contact if you have any questions. And so we try to we try to hit it from several different viewpoints, uh, electronic you know, the person, you know, <laughs> because not everybody communicates the same. So there's, there's a big issue too. I, li- I like that process of what you're doing. Uh, I was actually just starting to brainstorm how I can implement that too, because it saves us a lot of time and explaining things in the process and so on and where state different stages are at construction. Uh, so I will be doing a video on that as far as the different stages. <laughs> so in uh, implementing that, that's huge. It For seems sure. like it would really help you if, at, at three or four different points in the process. Mm. Oh, big time, big time. Yeah. I mean, it, it, in general, like you just said, too, is that the communication overall is the biggest, that's the most important thing, because the more people are informed, the more they know the process, the more they know what's going on, the more comfortable they are, too. And the more they get comfortable with you as well, and the more that relationship mm-hmm. develops. And and that's what we've kind of focused on is building more relationships with our clients to where it's a friendship too. And, and that's been a big focus with us. Uh, I just had dinner on Sunday night with a client we're building a house for. They brought us out to dinner. And then I just got home and my fiance, who's our selection, does our selection. She was on the phone with a client. We just uh, uh, finished their house last month and they were sitting on that she was sitting on the couch having a normal conversation with her so that just shows you you know those relationships that we built with Mm -hmm. them and that trust that we built with them where you know you can sit and hang out and and just talk talk to them and have normal conversations obviously business will be involved and we want to make sure everything's okay too but we can talk about life and so on as well and that's huge as far as business and just that all comes with that communication and building that trust, like you were just talking about as well. Yep. 
So I'm going to wrap this up, obviously, because we have been going uh, for a little bit. And like I said, we can go all day. Uh, I'm going to have to bring you back on. I might have to bring you and your son on at the same time next time, too. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, I think that'll be real fun. Um, I always like that end with personal questions. This is one of my favorite questions here. What about you personally? Uh, You're obviously building an amazing company that continues to grow each and every day. What lessons have you learned throughout your journey that we should all apply to our own business or our own lives that'll help us grow? Oh, I, I go back to the, to probably to the, one of the very first things I said since we've been on is that there's more to business. There's more to life than grinding out a job or grinding out business uh, activities and making dollars at the other end. And we're not in business to do this for free. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Without profit margins, it's not a business, right? It's just not. It's it's a, a hobby. <laughs> And we don't need 60 hour a week hobbies. We don't. And so there needs to be profits in it. We need to understand what it takes to get there and to do that. And customers and clients, they understand that. But, but we need a bigger purpose. We, and, and in many cases, what I would tell a new entrepreneur is, is uh, figure, out, figure out what your core, core purpose is in life. And make sure that it matches the reason you're doing business and even the business you're in to some degree. And if it doesn't, then, then stay in the job, not the one you hate, but the one that you don't hate, you know, the one that you can live with and that while you're still figuring it out. And, and if you are, if you're already in business, then it's, then enjoy the grind. It's not supposed to be easy, but when you grind, you grow. When you, when you are going through those hard times, those tough times, those, those times like 2020, when you can probably relate with this, I never worked more hours than I did in 2020. Uh, COVID caused all kinds of weird things that mm-hmm. created a, a, another layer or two of communication. Yeah. And we were on the phone constantly. We were trying to figure out resourcing constantly and how do we handle this issue well we uh we had a bigger purpose by then and so working the extra hours wasn't a drudgery it was well so what we had to do because we're part of a team and and so there was some real joy in it now it was exhausting but there was some real joy in it there still is so if i were to say to sum all that up to say what gives you joy what energizes you what is your kind of your the the buzzword these days what's your superpower what do you think you're on the earth to do it's really good to identify that and see how that ties in with your your daily activities and if you're in business all the all the more because you have the freedom to to kind of push into that zone perhaps more than the guy that's got a nine-to-five job for someone else i i don't th- I mean, that's the thing is, too. And I love what you said. And I, I agree 1000% with you on it, too. And unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people are, are play to that purpose enough. They don't search for that purpose enough too, uh, and try and, and within whatever they're doing in life too. And I think more people need to do it because when you work, like, I love what I do. Uh, I always joke and say it was a love-hate thing growing up, obviously, as a yeah. kid, uh, being being kind of the grunt and the labor for my dad and doing all the uh, work that nobody wanted to do out in the hot Florida sun all the time was no fun. But now I I love it, and I am passionate about it, and it is, and I do have a purpose behind doing it. And I just want to help people all on top of I want to – I'm bringing people's dreams to life. I mean, some of these homes that we're building literally were visualized by these people too, since they were little kids. And I mean, I built a home, we built a home for, 
for somebody, a customer. And he said this, when we, when we finished that product, he had, he had a tear in his eye and he goes, I visualized this for the longest time. And I worked, he goes, I worked my butt off for this thing. And he goes, I visualized the arch entryway, just like this, walking into the big wine room to the right hand side and just full of wine and all my favorite bottles. And, and he goes, this is a dream come true. And I, I, he goes, I can't believe it. He goes, you guys are amazing. Thank you for everything. And him and I are like great friends to this day. He's, he's a very hardworking guy, start from nothing entrepreneur guy. And, uh, um, it's just bringing his vision to life is, is something that I really enjoyed. And that really stuck with me too. And seeing that happen over and over with people and making them happy and throughout the process and trying to just make every, it's hard in our business, I guess, and construction in general to keep yeah. people happy all the time. Yeah. But, you know, that's why we're here is to figure out how we can do that too, as contractors and how we can do it better than the other guy, you know, and that's, that's part of this whole thing, but I love that answer too. I get a great answer out of that question every single time. So, uh, you, you knock that one out of the park too. So <laughs> thank you. Um, most people ask about your past. Let's hear about your future. So where will we see Keith Calloway in the future? Who will you be 10 years from now? 15, where will you be? Well, I, I hope by the end of uh, about a year from now to be an author. I started, I've started a book, um, so I hope to be, I hope to be officially an author, author within a year from now. Nice. Uh, I hope to speak uh, more regularly because I, I feel like I have a lot to share. <laughs> I feel like I have a lot to say. <laughs> you do. I, I, I highly <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it bubbles over, so I want to, I want to have an outlet for that. So that uh, I haven't done much of that so far, but but I, I have engaged some. Uh, I have a conference coming up in November that my wife and I are going to be at very least on a panel about marriage. Nice. I think we probably qualify for that at 39 <laughs> years, perhaps. And, and we want to encourage people to, to stay with it, mm. you know, because we have some, we have some uh, stick with it things in our story, <laughs> you know, so and uh, within starting next week on my my private uh, Facebook and Instagram pages, I'll be starting to put out uh, a product of a, a video series called uh, oh, what's it called? It's basically a devotional. Oh no! Nice. Uh, yes, get to work. Get to work devotional is what it's called, and it's going to be somewhere between three to five minutes, three days a week. To start with at least and it'll just be a little anecdotal idea have probably most of the time have some scripture and i want i'm hoping that people on their way to work no matter what kind of work they do will be something that will encourage them and and when they step out of their car or their truck and put their feet on the ground and they walk towards their place of work that they will have energy to do to do the work that god has for them to do when they go do their, their physical, you know, their job. So that's what really lights me up is I want, I want people to move into life, into, into what we call as Christians kingdom work. You know, we're part mm -hmm. of this kingdom of God. And I would like people to, to be lit up about, about how to be more bold and to, and to step into their work there. So mm -hmm. that's, what's going to start probably next week. When you do that devotional, make sure you put it in podcast form because I will be a subscriber. I've been looking for something like that too. So I'll definitely well, be a listener. Uh, yeah, thank you for saying that. We've looked all over for some similar something similar and haven't found anything no, like nothing. it. I've been looking, I've been looking, I, I to be honest, I've been I've looked on podcasts, stuff like that. Just something short easy to the point like you're saying just a quick devotional some related to work too to kind of get the day going i think it's a great idea and you got a subscriber already right here so that's right. <laughs> good i appreciate that <laughs> so everybody listening definitely go check that out too once keith releases it for sure last question keith what this show is all about what exactly do people need to look for when choosing 
a pavement contractor and why should they choose Keith Callaway and K&L Industries as their go-to pavement contractor of choice? Uh, the word that came to mind quickest, the surface to the top is often authenticity, that we, you're going to get, you, what you see is what you're going to get. And, and uh, that is typically going to be very high quality. And if it isn't, you're going to get, you're going to get us still, you know, we're going to be authentic. We're going to own our, we're going to own our, our crap, you know, (laughs) if there is some, and we're going to, we're going to stay after it for you. And so that's what the customer can expect each time is that uh, number one, we're transforming lives uh, one shovel at a time. Number two, we're quick and painless. And number two, we'll answer our phone after too. So we're going to be authentic the whole way through. Love it. Love it. I, I really do appreciate your time today and you coming on the show. This was awesome. Uh, and you, you did put up a good fight with your son. He was, he was good. You were, you were really good too. So I credit <laughs> you on that one. Uh, I do appreciate it. Where can people find connect with you if, if they want to find you and where can they connect with you? Uh, Keith L Calloway on, I think it's on all platforms. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Easy enough. Keeping it easy. Yeah. I like it too. And yeah. then once that devotional comes out to definitely let me know and I'll, talk about it and hopefully share it too once you get that going next week um because i'm definitely interested but this is this has been awesome i do appreciate your time i know you're busy it's earlier where you're at it's later where i'm at right now so you still got work to do i'm sure yeah a little bit no problem (laughs) but thank you all for listening and uh you all know the routine please share this with all your friends and family Five-star reviews are only accepted on iTunes, five stars only. And uh, write a quick comment, take two seconds, say how great the show is, and I will see you all on the next episode.